for doing this first. Of first course, thanks for having me, and 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 um, thank you for being flexible with the time change. Oh yeah, no, that's that's totally fine. I've I've been a fan of your work for a long time, and and actually, uh, uh, ever since I thought about doing this podcast, which is kind of a re recent thing, um, you were one of the first people that came to mind, and I I uh, and I thought to myself, nah, she'll never she'll never do it. She's too busy. And you are busy, but you're gracious enough to, to do it. So uh, again, thank you for that. Oh, um, thanks for having me. And you, I, I know you're, you are you mentioned on the messages that you're pretty busy now, right? You're doing a lot of, uh, there's a lot going on? It's, it's, uh, there's a lot going on. I mean, it's, it's been this way for a long time. I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Mm. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been pretty nuts. Um, you know, during the pandemic, when all the movie studios and all the all the sets were shutting down right um i was really nervous about my job um so i took anything that was coming my way thinking it would be the last but little right. did i know that the streaming services would go nuts <laughs> so because of that um my work just got crazier and right. um again i was so thankful because uh, my son's father was in music and everything completely dried up so oh. i was happy that i could keep the lights on um right. and since then it's just been crazy i mean um i i am actually feeling very privileged to be able to be in a position where i can turn down work um right. but yeah even with turning down work it, it's been pretty crazy i'm usually working on about six to seven projects at the same time at the same time wow at the same time um, it's, 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 it's almost like, um, a game of Tetris trying to figure out my schedule because sometimes I'll, I'll turn in a stage of, um, a poster and I won't hear back from them for about two weeks. So yeah. if I'm sitting there twiddling my thumbs, um, that also means that, um, that's money that I could be making during that time. So right. I, I have this, this crazy schedule going and, um, if everybody sticks to the schedule, it all goes great. But if anybody <laughs> goes over the schedule, which they usually do, yeah. everything <laughs> falls apart. I know so, the feeling. Um, so I <laughs> yeah. feel like I'm constantly in this this like this race to get things done. But I'm also such a perfectionist that I don't like cutting corners. So this means that I spend a lot of my weekends here. Yeah. But um, but at the same time. Um, Again, I I, I want I I feel like really lucky to be in this position. So I'll I'll keep it for as long as it'll keep me. <laughs> no, I uh, I uh, I totally understand what you're saying because I feel the same way. And I'm doing four projects at the same time, and I'm I'm already feeling like it's too much. So I can't even I can't even uh, you know uh, seven or eight. That's that's quite a lot. And I um I want to get into the process your process, your creative process for what you do. That's kind of the, the meat of this podcast. And the reason for, for talking to you is kind of learning about that. But, and I, um, I'm, we can talk a little bit about that right now, which is you mentioned that you're doing a lot of projects at the same time. Isn't there the danger? Maybe it's not the danger. Maybe it's, it's also a good thing of cross-pollination between these projects. So you're working on something you know, working on something else at the same time, don't those ideas kind of cross-pollinate across the projects? Isn't that a danger of um, one of the ideas or one of the concepts uh, um, going 
to the other one and feeling a little bit too similar? Does that happen often? Does that happen at all? Or um, I've been pretty lucky that the projects that I'm working on are so different from each other. Right. You know, I mean, there has been there's been maybe one time in almost 20 years where I presented the same idea twice, mm. but like in a different iteration of it. And um, it did seem like that I was, I was thinking like, there's no way a client will go for it. It was too like crazy. And they started inching that way, which got me nervous. But then at the last minute they pulled out and that was a big lesson to be like, you know what? <laughs> no, mm. don't do that. You know, right. even, even, I feel like it'd be so perfect for it, but, um, but yeah, it, it, you, yeah, you don't want to, that to happen. That's, that's huge. No, no. Yeah. Um, but th that being said, there have been projects that come to me years after I've done a certain piece and they're like, we want something like this. And I'll be like, Oh no, I hate repeating myself. You know, yeah. I, I really want to try to put a different spin on it and I'll try to talk them out of it. But at a certain point, your hands are tied, you know? So um, I think even if my hands are tied and it, it does feel like um, kind of a regurgitation of a previous concept, I'll try to paint it in a different way or I'll try to make the colors completely differently right. just so it has a completely different tone altogether. But, yeah, that, um, that makes sense, yeah. but, but given that I'm working on so many projects, I mean, I think a few years ago, someone said, if you had to guess how many posters you've made, it doesn't mean that they've made it to the end, but mm -hmm. how many I've made, it, it had to have been at least 11,000 posters, you mm -hmm. know, because I'm producing so much work. And so there is going to be repetition. There is going to be some concepts that overlap and, and to expect and to, to try to pretend like you don't repeat yourself. It, that's, 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 I think that's um, a big dishonor to the rest of the designers, you know, especially with how much work you have to produce. Like nothing's, nothing is like completely like a fresh idea. It's, it's, it's always kind of taking something and, and making it your own. So. Yeah, 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 totally. That happens, happens to me a little bit too. But I want to, I want to uh, get back to the beginning, I guess, and kind of learn where, so where did it all start for you? Um, did you always thought about doing posters? Was it, was there something that kind of triggered that idea for you of doing movie posters? Was that? Uh, I it, never. Yeah. yeah I yeah, never yeah. thought about doing movie posters. Um, when I went to art school, my main focus was doing editorial illustration. Like for me, um, I wanted to like at the time, like my biggest goal was doing a cover for Rolling Stone magazine because I was really into are like into music and entertainment. And so um, when I first got out of art school, I moved to New York and I was doing editorial illustration for multiple magazines and um, it was great. And then September 11th happened and everything completely changed. Um, it was also during the time when a lot of magazines were going online. So once that happened, the budgets were even smaller and what they would normally, you know, spend for a full time, full page illustration was just becoming like a micro budget at that point, you know? And so um, luckily when this transition was happening, I moved back to Los Angeles and a good friend of mine who I went to school with was working at a movie poster ad agency. And we had collaborated a few times when we were in school together and she remembered me and she knew that um, 
that I was looking for work. And so they actually had a position at her agency for a receptionist. So I came in and I interviewed for the receptionist position, but I also happened to have um, a full page illustration in spin magazine when I interviewed. So I showed it to the owner, one of the owners and um, he was a painter himself. So he would, he was like, what are you doing? You're not going to answer phones. Like, <laughs> let's, let's see if you can design movie posters. And I was like, what are you talking about? I, I barely know how to use a computer. And um, he's like, no, we're going to try you out as a junior designer. And because I was young at that time and was completely oblivious about my incapabilities, I said right. yes to it. <laughs> and um, I don't know how I didn't get fired every day, but um, I learned on the job. And, and um, I think previously to that job, I knew that I loved movie posters, but I just really had no idea of what it took to, to make an actual poster. So there, it was very eye opening. But there was a love for for still images already there, right? There was a love for- There was. Right. And even though it felt like a completely different world, um, it was only years later that I realized that when I'm working on an illustration for a magazine, I'm summarizing an article in one image. And then for movie posters, I'm still trying to capture yeah. the idea or the essence of a film in one image. So it actually ended up kind of translating and, and 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 it eventually made a smoother transition because of that background. Right. And so, so after that, where did you did you work at a studio with other poster designers? How this because I, I don't really know the industry. Is are there studios, mm -hmm. large studios, small studios? What's the industry industry makeup for for so in Los Angeles there's a lot of movie poster advertising agencies. Right. And within these agencies, there's a, a good number of designers. And so um, with every project, we're making huge presentations. So multiple designers are making multiple pieces just right. for one round to present to the movie studios. And then we do round after round after round. And slowly the movie studios narrow it down to one poster. But within this movie poster agency and us creating so much work, we're competing against other movie poster agencies. So a movie studio is actually seeing thousands and thousands of posters for each round, you know? And so um, you learn to kind of build thick skin because you just know that the majority of what you make is going to get thrown in the trash. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, um, it doesn't mean it's, it's lost for good. Like I said, you can kind of go back into your concept archives. I'm not saying reuse the work, Mm -hmm. But a lot of those themes you can pull out again and try to present them for another another um, film. Right. So um, within working in this movie poster agency, um, I learned so much from the designers, not only from the creative director, but, you know, you're basically getting thrown into the fire because the pace is so insane. And um, yeah, you just have to create work at such a high pace. So I feel so thankful that that, was my first two years because not only did it show me the language of movie poster making, but it also forced me to be on so many different types of genres of film. Like, I think when I started, I was only interested in independent art house films and even horror films. But because you don't have that luxury to pick and choose which projects your company is going to put you on, it really forces you to adapt and learn the, the visual language of mm. each type of genre. 
So it was like a school, you know, in a way it was like a school that paid school. And, and um, I'm so thankful for that experience because not only was that agency so patient with me learning everything on the job, <laughs> but, um, but I worked with so many amazing like creative directors too. And, and I think um, if I had gone to a different agency, my work would have been completely different, but because my creative directors really believed in me and cultivated my point of view instead of trying to change it to be more mainstream. Mm -hmm. um, it really, really changed the, changed everything for me. So I, I'm so lucky. Is that is the reason for that, that you, you have this painterly style? Because I think I might be wrong, but you do everything. That's all illustration that you do, right? You don't typically work with photography. That's probably... Actually, I do. Quite a you bit. Do? Yes. Okay. And when I um, first starting off in this is this um, agency, most of it was photographic. Right. Because at that time, the trend of movie posters wasn't really going towards illustration. I think right. Photoshop was more of like what um, clients wanted to see. Big actors' faces yep. is what, you know, so... It was slowly over time that I would make an illustration. Eventually, my creative director would feel confident enough to put it in a presentation. You know, it was to kind of humor the client to show that we are creative, but it wasn't until a few years later that a client actually picked one of my illustrations. And then slowly, more and more of my illustrations got picked. Mm -hmm. So, um, so as I became a freelancer, um, I still had to work on photographic based work, but more and more I presented illustration and that slowly became what I was known for. But I still work on photographic explorations all the time. That's funny because I, I didn't really know that because I, I, the sense that I get from from seeing all the, the, the posters for movies is that for the most part, those are photography based. There's a lot of Photoshop work, there's a lot of work that goes into it. But for the most part, what I see is um, photography-based work. There's not a lot, I might be wrong, but there's not a lot of, is, is it sort of a niche thing that, that to have illustration-based posters or is it more mainstream now? Because it, it, it feels like, like a movie like um, like everything, uh, what, what's the name of the film? Everything, everything everywhere all at once. Everything everywhere all at once. Yeah. So that that one feels like it feels more of an ED film. So maybe that's more suited for a more abstract, metaphoric, illustrative uh, um, poster. But something like for Marvel, for instance, I don't really see a lot of that. Uh, is there like a, a distinction between the types of films, or is it more mainstream? I think so. I mean, definitely from Marvel films and or like Harry Potter's, it wouldn't normally make sense to have an illustration because I think when I first started, illustration was a language where that communicated more independent, you know, more art yes. house. But over time, I think now, especially with streaming services, and if you notice, if you go to Netflix, there might be four different posters for that one show. Yeah they're trying to reach out to so many audiences and that's why they're creating so much artwork. And so by doing that they're if they do something illustrated, it would grab 
someone that like me that's more interested in it. So I think with streaming and like Instagram and so many different platforms now, they're willing to make multiple pieces of art and really be a little bit more expressive with it. So it's, it's actually a great time to be an illustrator in this industry. And, and um, I think also there's been less opportunities to do special shoots that they do with the actors. They did that more when I started, but now it's getting harder. And they realize that illustration not only can be a cool look, but it can also solve problems that a lot of the photography can't do. And it's, it's a, it's funny because a, a lot of what you're saying about movie poster making and even the industry itself, um, I work in title sequences for, okay. for films and TV shows, and there's a lot of similarities. Uh, mm-hmm. Even the, the fact that they used to, or we used to do live action shoots for a lot of these things, a lot of title sequences um, back in the 90s, 80s and 90s. Um, but then with the... Um, a lot of the CG stuff was easier and cheaper to to to, to make. Then live action went away because now it's much much um, much more costly to do a live action shoot, even a, a small one, and just mm-hmm. getting on Cinema 4D or Photoshop or After Effects and do something and together. And even um, and and this is kind of uh, a nice segue to a question I have for you is because when you do live action, there's only so much there's only so many notes that the studio might have or the the director might have to go back and fix things or change things. Mm-hmm. But when you're on the computer, you can change it right up until the the, the final deadline. Keep changing mm-hmm. and changing and changing and make mm-hmm. iteration after iteration. Does that happen with movie posters? There's a lot of iteration. Because uh, you work, do you work traditionally or do you work in the computer? Because that's kind um, of a question. I do both. I definitely do both, but it always ends up in the computer because I'm laying out the type, you know? And so um, for me, I even if I am painting it on board, I'm painting it in multiple pieces so that I have the flexibility to uh, change uh, the background okay. or change this, you know, because the deadlines are insane. But yeah, I mean, the iterations are insanity. Like <laughs> this last, this project I'm currently working on now We've done so many iterations and it's not just type change or color change. It's been face changes. We've completely changed the position of the actors. It's been insane. So I feel happy that I am so um, I'm able to edit things through the computer because if I had to do this analog, like in an analog way, go crazy. I would have been knocked out of the race a long time ago and I would (laughs) have gone you know so um so that so you know working digitally is so important and i think that's also why um i think a lot of people hire me because i'm not a traditional illustrator i know how these things work i know how the process goes so i'm able to keep up with the pace you know yeah but yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. the changes are Yeah, it's it's yeah, it's the it's the same with with the work that I that I do, and there's there's a lot of similarities with title sequences as well, as far as not only the process of making them, I guess, but the ideation, the coming up with an idea, and this is kind of the core of what I wanted to talk to you about is because I'm hired as a concept designer for title sequences, so what I do is 
I come up with ideas and then a shitload of iteration on those ideas. Um, and then most of them get thrown away. And uh, there's a lot of other designers doing the same thing at the same time, just like you said with poster design. So, um, and I, I've always I've always said that to me, a good title sequence needs to work like a movie poster. It needs to summarize the movie into an, an iconic image or an iconic visual device that'll then unfold throughout the sequence. So it's the, it's the same principle, I think. Um, so uh, a lot of my references are not only photography um, and you know, in fashion design and all that, but a lot of movie posters are very influential to me because we're all trying to find the same thing. What's the iconic shot or the iconic image? What's the metaphor? What's the visual device that'll really make this thing pop? So um, I know what my process is, but what's your what's your process for? Because I uh, I assume that prior to getting uh, your hands dirty with actually starting to make the thing, there's a lot of research and there's a lot of thinking, right? So what's your how That's do you fun. yeah how do you go about it? Um. So yeah, I mean, I think for me, I, like, I know it's different with directors pitching an idea, but for me, I, I'm often like, when someone's like, oh, well, what's your idea for the film before on my first meeting uh, with a director? And I'm like, well, I haven't had time to dive into it. And, and ideation is such a huge part of what I do. And I don't give those ideas for free. Like that's part of my job, you know? Exactly, yeah. So um, my first day or my first few days is just a ton of research, either what reading a script or a screener, or sometimes I'm only given a two line synopsis. But um, based on the information they give me, I really start scouring the internet and books and everything for anything that can inspire something. Sometimes I'll even try to come up with like a key word that feels like the theme of the film. And I might just even Google image that key word. But yeah. I'm casting a wide net of anything that might inspire anything. And so, um, like I said, I'll, I'll, now that I'm on Instagram, like I follow a lot of amazing artists. And so like I'm, I'm looking in all avenues of anything that could kind of spark a concept. Because for me, it's so important. I can't just paint a scene in a movie. I can't just do something that makes no sense. Like for me, everything is so well considered. And even if the viewer doesn't understand the concept, I know it's in there. And 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 for me, it, it feels less hollow if there's something beneath the surface. Yeah. You know, yeah. So um yeah, going online and 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 looking at artists, photographers, sculptors, even listening to music, it, it sometimes can spark the most random idea. And based off of my ideas, I slowly narrow it down to a set that I think wouldn't get me fired. <laughs> some, <laughs> some are really out there and I'll throw them in depending on the client. Yeah, yeah sometimes exactly. we'll take them, which is amazing. But yeah, um, but yeah I'll, I'll condense it and slowly um, put together um, a kind of a PDF of, of kind of rough thumbnail sketches. Mm -hmm. and a line list and some supporting photography or imagery that might help solidify the idea. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
what I also do is, uh, if I'm working on something like a serial killer uh, series, what I'll do is I'll listen to serial serial killer music. Yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> just to get get my head into the get into your the head right, in the game. You get you into actually... the right place. Yeah, yeah, and 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 I've actually uh, a lot of the projects that I've done over the years, there are specific songs that once I get this song that really gets me into the right track, I'll just play it in in repeat while I'm working for days on end and okay. every time I listen to it on the radio it'll always bring up that project so there's oh, a, yeah. <laughs> and some songs like I really can't listen to anymore yeah it brings <laughs> back bad memories right <laughs> yeah it brings you back to that block you had you couldn't really move forward with it so yeah, yeah. I, yeah. That's, that's funny um yeah so uh I'm just looking at my, my questions here so yeah, so you 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 do a lot of research, and then you try and find you scour the internet and trying to find the what's the uh, what's the uh, what's the idea there? Because what what I what I've been kind of trying to do, and I've done this with uh, a lot of a lot of the people who work that I that I admire. What I do is I look at it and I I try to reverse engineer from the final output, which is what I'm looking at, trying mm -hmm. to to reconstruct the thought process and how did they get to here. So, yeah. and, and your your work really lends itself to that because some of it, I'm, I'm gonna look at some of it here. Well, some of it, I, uh, I love the first time that I took a look at it, but um, now that going back and looking at it again, I I find this these little things that make me go like oh okay now I really get what she's doing here so <laughs> so something like the last black man in San Francisco the one where he is he is uh, standing but he's uh, a little tilted now I kind of I, I've always loved that one but I loved it for um, the geometry of closer um, the way that it's composed I loved it for all the visual um reasons but now i kind of and maybe i'm just i'm just too dumb but now i just realized that this is san francisco so there's a lot of ups and downs mm -hmm. so the road is inclined not him and not the buildings so yes. that's that's the idea here but maybe i'm just a dummy but now i kind of realized that because i was going through the, the motions of okay so how did she get here well, what is she saying with this and this mm -hmm. is and something like something like everything everywhere all at once i've always loved it from a visual standpoint and i got the idea of the layers beneath her head beneath her face mm -hmm. which is what the movie is about but mm -hmm. i hadn't seen the film yet now that okay. i have seen the film twice and only once would, would would be enough now i realize that these are ticket stubs or whatever you call it for the laundry right mm -hmm. yep so, so that so yeah so that those those little things really make a huge difference. So that's uh, do you add these things? Um, I guess what I'm trying to, to 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 say here is: do you do you first work on? Do you know that it's going to be layers? So for for this one, for everything, everywhere, all at once. Do you know that it's going to be her face and then layers of things? You still don't yeah. know what what the thing's going to be. Or do you have a thing and then you add the idea of the layers? Do you know what I mean? 
Well, I think after reading the script, I mean, this uh, when I worked on it, it was before the film was shot. So the script was just insane. And it was <laughs> it was so much to kind of gather. And I'm like, how do I'm I sure, yeah. begin to capture this film? But yeah. then it was one of my ideas to kind of try to capture her in these different dimensions. And like you said, these different layers of her, these different versions of her. You know, and so I found this scrap. I don't know if it was an old Polish poster or somewhere, but just in my searching of layers, I found this scrap of this woman's head over, like, it looked like pieces of, of, of slab. And I saw it and I was like, why not do that with Michelle, but over her laundry receipts? Because receipts is a constant theme in it too her taxes like not having receipts so like that is a big part of the story too so so when that I put that together I was like oh, that's a you know I was pretty proud of myself and, <laughs> you, and should. you know <laughs> and it's a it's the same thing with the last man in San Francisco last black man in San Francisco the mm -hmm. client wanted some form of San Francisco and we see the Golden Gate Bridge over and over again it's it's a cliche and it's almost like it's too obvious. Yeah. So another thing that I think of with San Francisco's are those insanely steep hills. And for me, it made sense because metaphorically in the story, he's in this uphill battle as well. So um, I, I thought of that idea and I was so happy when they let me do it. And um I was also really researching this painter, Barclay Hendricks, who I admire all of his work. So I was taking notes from so many different ways. And, and I was really happy that the client didn't make me go with like a cliche. Yeah, 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 yeah. But did you have to, do you always have to present multiple ideas and then choose one that's kind of the... I yeah. do, I do, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's kind of the, I guess that's where everybody uh, has to do that. Um, Right. Okay. I'm just looking at. But my... I'm happy that you captured all that with that. I mean, my yeah. goal is not only to make it an image that people are like, "Oh, what does that mean?" My goal is to also, after someone's seen the film, to go, mm -hmm. "Oh, you know." And so, if I can get someone to revisit my posters after seeing the film and and have them have an aha moment, I'm I'm really proud of that. No, that definitely happens, and I uh, what I kind of see in your work too is. Some of them are what I would call smart, smart posters, like the, the ones that I just talked about, have little things that connect back to the film. And once you've seen it, then you you, you get that little Easter egg. I, I, I kind of call those smart ideas, but you also have posters that are tonally perfect. They're, they're more about set, the, the, the mood is right. It's not so much about being smart about an idea that's uh, being represented in a movie poster, but it's more about the tone is exactly right for the film. So your most iconic poster, I, I think, is the one for Funny Games, right? That's the, the one that everybody always talks about, and rightly so. And to me, obviously, uh, that's Naomi. She's crying. That obviously is connects to the film. But if I didn't really know the story and I kind of knew about the film, the tone is right. You know, the lighting is right. Even the cropping of her head is right. The use of type is restrained. That feels right to me as well. There's there's a mood that's being um, 
that's being built with everything that you add or with everything that you take away when building this these posters. Uh, and a lot of times, something like the poster for funny games, it's, it's less is more approach. You know, the, the type is small, it's set uh, in a different way that, you know, just the way that it's built, it's more about the tonality and the mood than having this really smart idea that we're trying to get across. So I uh, not only do you cover a lot of different genres and different styles and different the way that you approach these things, but and to, but to me, there's also a different uh, of approach when when trying to is it more about the mood or is it more about getting an idea um, across? Uh, and that's not really a question; it's more of a statement for me. I guess okay. <laughs> <laughs> I kind of got carried carried away there a little bit. <laughs> Um, yeah, so one of my questions here, which I think we've kind of talked about already, is does music influence your process? Um, but I, I guess we can talk about that a little bit more. Does do directors or studios have tracks that you can work off of, or do you have to find your own music to get the right mood? Um, um is there... I, no, they definitely don't, they don't provide any soundtrack. Um, I mean, I definitely pay attention to that if I am provided a screener. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and as you mentioned, like, my job is also to be respectful to the tone of the film more than anything. You know, I can't just make something for the sake of making something. It, it has to feel cohesive to it. So I do pay attention to the colors in the film, the music, even how it's shot. You know, like going back to the funny games, that scene is so horrific. I wanted the audience to see that she's reacting to something without seeing what she's reacting to, mm. you know? And, and um, I, I have to give so much credit to the creative director, John Mannheim during that, that project, because we really had to fight hard against the studio wanting to add things. The studio wanted to add blood on her face. The studio wanted to add a, a glove grabbing her hair. They, it was so many yeah. things that, and and so we really, really like That's I'm still kind of a new designer. So and 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 I was just happy I had a job. But for this one, I really fought hard for and I was so happy that my creative director had my back. And eventually, yeah. you know, the director, Michael Henneke, had our back too. Because right. why why create something that doesn't exist just for the sake of marketing, especially for his film, which he's making for the second time around. You know, this is the English speaking version of his. Yeah. And and so um, so I was I was really happy when it got to be that stripped down and even just the crop making it feel claustrophobic and and kind of quiet but yet uncomfortable at the same time. I felt like that's appropriate to to what that scene was. No, it, it's it's funny hearing that because that's exactly what I got from from that poster is the fact that um, any other person could have gone overboard and add a lot of stuff to it, which I think a lot of the studios would have marketing departments, but um, the less is more approach really works for this. Um, so congratulations on getting it oh, get yeah. across the finish line, because I know that. Yeah, um, I mean, not only was it like my first illustrated finish, but um, it really changed the course of my, yeah. my career completely. Yeah. So I so thankful and and you know for it to even make it and become a finished poster is a huge achievement but to 
have it still collect all this attention and respect I'm, I'm so thankful for. How many of the uh, rejected ideas that you present, do you have a lot of rejected things that you would love to have gotten made? Or what's the uh, what's kind of the, the percentage there? Because for me, there's a lot of stuff that I've pitched that didn't get chosen, but I, I really think those are really good ideas. And maybe, like you said, you kind of keep them at bay and maybe there's a, another project where we can kind of reuse those ideas at least. Do you have yeah. that? I have so many, more than I don't. And, yeah. um, you know, before Instagram, I had no place to show them. And so now that I am able to show them and kind of get credit for them, it's great to have that as a platform. Yeah. Also, my book, my book that came out in 2019, 2020, it, a lot of them were ideas that were presented that got cut. But more and more now that people are really coming to me from my point of view, a lot of those are actually becoming finishes, which I'm really proud of. You oh, know? Nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's really, that's really good. That's really good. Um, yeah. So um, yeah, that's, it's really interesting that the, um, there's such a crossover between title sequences and, and movie posters and even the fact that, because right now, if, if I look at, at the um, the title sequence industry and the landscape from the last few years, everything starts to kind of feel the same. I, I don't know if, if you're a, a big um, a big streaming series watcher. Do you do you watch a lot of title title sequences? Do you skip title sequences? No, um, no, I watch them. You watch them. Yeah. So the, to me, those uh, a lot of a lot of those are start to feel this all the same because the um, like I said, there's a lot of CG approaches to title sequences and there's a tendency for you know, because of Instagram and Pinterest and all those venues um, people end up doing very similar things because they're all using the same tools um, and there's a, there's starting to, ha to, to happen a little bit of um, going back to idea first and ex execution second uh, and there's, a, there's a, quite a few title sequences coming out there are either uh, more il illustration based or more live action based, and and they're more about they're more about the uh, the ideas than the actual um, high end execution that CG usually lends itself to. Um, do you feel like because you you mentioned you touched on this a little bit earlier? You mentioned that movie posters um, are are starting for the last few years to to be a little bit more illustrative and not so much about just using uh, photography. Uh, and do you see uh, any changes recently or not so recently uh, in the landscape for movie posters that you like or, to, or that you really don't like uh, that you see happening? Um, I mean, I think since, since um, I guess Mondo, the, the collect, like the, um, I don't know, do you know Mondo? Yeah. I've heard of Mondo, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so they kind of started this, they started making movie posters for collectors and they're after the fact, they're licensed. They make mm -hmm. screen prints and they sell them. And, you know, um, in the beginning, it was more seen as kind of fan art in a way, mm -hmm. but they started hiring these amazing illustrators and artists and it built so much momentum and it eventually kind of seeped out to some of the clients 
And they saw mm -hmm. that people were really interested in putting movie posters on the wall again. You know, like there was a long period where that didn't happen because they all kind of were very cliche and, and didn't feel very creative. Mm -hmm. So I think with clients paying attention to the, the hype that Mondo garnered, they started hiring a lot of those illustrators and those artists and started bringing them in for secondary posters or wild posting or right, different right. different um, platforms to, to, to make multiple pieces of art. And I think once that started collectively, there was more interest in unconventional posters. So um, now it seems like they're trying to outdo each other. And in the beginning, it was like, oh, we just have an illustration. But now they're actually, oh, well, this one has a great idea. Like, can we do something that has a great, great idea and an amazing illustration, you know? And so it's, it's more than just style, you know, over substance. Now they want style and substance. So I right. think the clients are wanting more of that. So I'm very excited to see where that continues to go. Yeah. Cause a lot of those Mondo posters, those were like you, like you said, after the fact. So uh, a lot of the stuff that I saw on there were, ideas that required the viewer to know the film yeah uh, so that, there's a lot of stuff that beautiful stuff and but uh are, are you saying that this idea of the movie poster that's actually trying to sell a movie that's coming out which is the, the principal function of a movie poster mm -hmm. um posters now can ask questions of the viewer and not just be a, a direct sell of the movie you can ask a little bit of questions and wonder a little bit for yes i think that movie. now that there's multiple like a lot of films do multiple posters they don't mm -hmm. have to put all their eggs in just one poster to get people to the theaters so mm -hmm. i think with having the ability to make multiple posters they can kind of break their own rules a little bit when it comes to marketing right. so um you know i mean it is true what you said about Mondo. They're basing most of their posters on known facts because people have seen these films already. So it is a different baby like coming to traditional yeah. movie poster making because we don't have that luxury. We have to introduce yeah. something. Yeah. But I guess just the idea of bringing something that's not the norm was definitely influenced by Mondo, you know? And I think the idea of wanting to collect a poster again as a piece of art was definitely heavily influenced from Mondo. Because that's that's really interesting because one of the things that we can do now with title sequences is, I'm always comparing with title sequences with movie posters, but um, one of the things we do now, especially with streaming, is there's going to be repeat viewing of the title sequence. I, I know there's a skip button, but if the title is good, people won't, won't skip it, hopefully. Um, and they'll learn, even if it's always the same, title sequence once you get into the third fourth and fifth episode you'll be watching that and you're going to be oh okay now i get what that thing is or what yeah. that animation is saying what that reveal is saying there's little bits of things that will make more sense once you get through the show mm -hmm. um but for movie posters you don't have that you have one chance to do it it's going to be one moment uh, to sell the movie but but now what you're saying is because of, uh, because of that cross-pollination between Mondo and actual movie posters, there's a little bit of uh, liberty for maybe secondary movie, uh, posters to kind of <laughs> hint at what the, what the what the film is in a different way, right? Mm -hmm. and, and for, so my, 
I got this uh, this question for. I think uh, that um, for the Academy Awards, when there's a campaign going for a film for the Oscars, do movie po posters get made uh, for those campaigns? Because it's, it seems like whenever there's a campaign for a film and you get to see all these uh, releases online, there's a couple of movie posters that start to pop up because of the, the campaign. Are those made uh, on purpose for the 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 Oscar campaign for movies, or is that? Um, there are there are certain projects that are made specifically for <laughs> award seasons, mm. or there are um, posters that are made during the initial thing that they save for that. Like for oh, okay. instance, I I'm working on this poster that was supposed to come out when the movie came out, but because there were multiple posters created for this, mine's going to come out during the Oscars. You know, it's oh. going to be something to kind of build hype around it for the Oscars to kind of remind people, hey, don't forget about this film. You know, oh, nice. so so it is interesting how they kind of determine when certain things are released. So that's a different that's kind of a different baby than doing um, a poster that's coming out for the film. Or is it not? Is it different? To, uh, to... Depends. I mean, um, for this one, it was it was initially intended for the uh, original release. But we are able right. to use it and push it back for award seasons. Right. Right. But right. there right. are like agencies that work specifically just on award season posters. Like you might see a billboard that said, for your consideration, you know, that, right. that, that just do artwork for that, just to kind of remind people. But right. but yeah, I mean, it, it, I don't necessarily work on those. This is a rare thing where my initial poster is now being like pushed back to 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 be for right. the awards, you know? And that's one of your seven or eight projects that's going on, right? <laughs> it is, yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, this one actually finished quite a while ago, so I've been like sitting on it for months and I'm so excited about it. And I'm like, <laughs> when is it coming out? When can I share it? And they're like, just wait, just wait, you know? And I'm like, but the movie's been released. <laughs> okay, well now it's gonna be like, I'm like, but, but, you know? And so now it looks like, okay, for, for the Oscars, it, it looks like that's when it's gonna happen. Okay. Okay. I've I've tried to to buy your book, but it's always sold out, right? It's sold out for for a while, right? Is, is it coming back or? Out. It's not coming back, unfortunately. Yeah. But but um, there is a small opportunity for a release that has new work in it. Oh. So that may be in the pipeline. Right. Okay. 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 And are you also doing a book on your memes that you post on Instagram? Because <laughs> <laughs> those I gotta tell you, those always brighten up my day. Those it's so cool. funny because like people are like, "Are you ever working?" And I'm like, "I'm always working," <laughs> but like when I'm waiting for a file to upload, or I'm waiting for feedback, or even just when I'm researching. I mean, like I said, I, I look for inspiration on Instagram, yeah. and I help but fall on memes and once it's it's the cycle once you post the meme people start sending you memes so i have a bunch of like most of my friends are constantly sending me memes like that's how we that's how we communicate you know and and um my my boyfriend that's how he courted me he courted me with his meme <laughs> selection <laughs> like this is how i knew we were going to get along curation. you know so yeah, yeah, yeah. so so um so yeah, for me, like when I'm having a rough day and I need a break, memes definitely lighten my day up. So it's it's a huge, huge like it 
it, they mean so much to me. And, yeah. and before, yeah, before I was on Instagram, I, you know, and before when I worked in, where, when I worked in an agency, now I'm completely independent. But um, when I worked in an agency, we would find stuff online doing research as well. We would, we would send it yeah. to each other or we would make memes out of some of the unit, unit photography on the project, you know, like <laughs> anything to kind of lighten the mood or to lighten a, a nightmare project. So, so yeah. Yeah. yeah I call you... it meme therapy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You you can't take yourself too seriously in this business. Uh, yes. <laughs> you got to have your breaks. I was talking to somebody on the podcast uh, the other day, another guest, and um, mm-hmm. and it, 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 we were talking about this this thing that I guess we all do of when we're we're working on a project and maybe sometimes the um, the ideas aren't flowing, or on the other hand, maybe you just had this really amazing moment and you're you've broken through the idea and you know you're in a really good place with the project and then you take a break and you go yeah. watch some 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 memes or some funny videos and that's always it's it's like this this uh dopamine release of yes no I oh, get to... definitely. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> no that's <laughs> yeah it's important not to take yourself too seriously yeah yeah I mean I've never taken myself very seriously and you know my whole family were a bunch of jokesters so mm. even though I take my work seriously like I definitely need those breaks and I'm so happy that people like me when I post memes, you know, <laughs> it's like some of my most, pristi- like my most serious, like friends that I have like so much respect for. And, and I was like, Oh man, they must think I'm just so low class to be doing this, but they're the ones that actually respond the most to my memes. So I'm like, okay, good. You know, everybody <laughs> needs a laugh. So <laughs> very happy Everybody definitely needs a laugh. Yeah. Um, yeah. So uh, let's look at my questions here. I got photography versus illustration and techniques. Um, some of the some of the some of the posters you've you've made, the ones that I've seen on your website and whatnot, those seem that they're based off of photos. Is that a, the usual process for you, or do you kind of mash up things together to come up with? The visuals for the poster or is that a lot of are you painting over uh, photos for... i'm not painting over photos but i am using them as reference right. and a lot of times i am mashing things up like sometimes i'll mash them up like in, in photoshop to show a client like hey this is what i kind of was thinking of doing before mm-hmm. i used to draw it out but they have such a hard time understanding yeah. a line drawing so i've yeah. gotten more and more to like mocking it up and like mashing it up in Photoshop. And then once they sign off on it, then I do a painting based on that. But like, especially with like actors likenesses, sometimes it's really hard to get likenesses. So Mm -hmm. I am constantly referencing not just one shot, but multiple shots. I mean, we know that taking a bad photo, we can look like a completely different person. So it's always really important for me to work with multiple photographs if I'm able to do that so that I can kind of get a 3D version of their head, like of their face in my head. You know? Right, right, right. Yeah. It's it's almost like you're doing your own your own photo scanning of their of their exactly. li- of their likeness in your head for, for yes. when you're for when you're exactly painting. building like the sculpture in my brain. But there are two actors that if you held a gun up to my head and said, paint them and make it look like them, I would be dead. And that's Charlize Theron and Joaquin Phoenix in The Joker. 
Why is that? So, the, so Joaquin Phoenix in the, in the Joker, he was already looking so gaunt and so not like how he normally looks. Yeah. But for some reason, I could not get his likeness to save my life when working on the Joker. Right. And Charlize Theron, who's like, I think she's stunning. And, and I'm, I, I'm such a big fan of her work and her as a person. Mm-hmm. I could not get her likeness for the life of me for the film Tully. And um, luckily, when I was working on this project, a colleague of mine was working on it, too. And she couldn't get her likeness. So it made me feel a little bit better. I didn't feel like I was completely failing, but certain oh. actors are impossible to capture. Like oh, Joaquin wow. Phoenix in his normal, like in his normal stage, I've, I've painted him twice, but um, <laughs> excuse me, but for the Joker, it was impossible. Right, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah I never thought about that. So, so somebody like William William Dafoe has this really uh, iconic. Uh, lines in his face maybe that's is that easier or more difficult to to get it likeness i think people that um see, let me get back this here. yeah sure that'll be the same i think when certain people are too pretty or they're in a character that's so different from how they normally look yeah. you're fighting too many odds you know yeah. like Charlize Theron, she doesn't have anything that makes you know like you're wishing for like a big nose or something or, or sparse, <laughs> you know, but like when it's too perfect, too perfect, there's kind of nothing to play off of. And with Joaquin Phoenix, he just looks so different. Like he was almost like in my paintings, he almost looked like Billy Crudup in some of them, right. you know? Right, right, right. So right, right. It, it was difficult. And I can and, see that. Yeah. 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 yeah no, that's, uh, yes. I, 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 I I can't even wrap my head around the idea of doing everything uh, illustration because what I do is I, I mesh up photography. That's what I've been doing ever since I started doing this. How long have you been? How long have you been using Photoshop, uh, or do you still? So I learned it on the job when I started in two thousand four. Okay, so yeah, yeah, that's quite a bit of time. Yeah. Yeah. I think I've been using Photoshop since I was 16, which is 1997, six. 1997. Yeah. That's when I started using it. And I, uh, I still, uh, that's my main tool is still Photoshop. Uh, a lot of designers in my field of work use After Effects or Cinema 4D. Like I said, a lot of them have that, even for still frames, for concept yeah. frames. But I still, my my workhorse has always been, always been Photoshop. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy because I learned it in school, you know, but I didn't pay attention because I was like, computers are just a trend. Like, <laughs> you know, I'm going to do things by hand forever, you know. And so <laughs> having a realization in 2004 that I was behind, but right. also being thrown into the fire helped me learn pretty dang fast. Yeah, because clients will have notes and and having to address notes when just painting traditionally, that's going to be a pain in the ass, right? You have mm-hmm. to have, have those layers to move around yeah. <laughs> and change things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, right, okay. So um, who are some of your 
are some of your biggest influences, other movie poster designers? Are, are you are, are you big on, because I know there's a, a big tradition, a, a, a good friend of mine is really into Polish movie posters from the 1930s and 40s, I think, and 20s. Um, who are some of your your biggest influences? I mean, I think when I started, Polish posters were definitely a huge influence, and they still are. Right. Um, but I think more recently, um, I'm looking at kind of art directors or fine artists that are kind of in this thing where they mend two things that wouldn't normally go together, and they're more clever and um, fast to read because maybe that goes more towards advertising than art. But like Javier Hayen, like mm. I love his work. Um, um, the fine artist Nancy Fouts, I was felt like her work was really clever. It was like again making something out of something that you wouldn't normally do, and there's always mm. this like underlying sense of humor to it, even if you don't understand it, you mm. know. And and um, if I think of like, I mean, there's always different painters that influence me depending on the project, you mm. know. Um, but um, but yeah, I I, I think. Um, I try to think of other influences. I mean, there's so many. It really depends on the day and the project. Yeah. You know, it really depends on the project, right? I know, I know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and do you still do you still paint just for pleasure, just for fun, or do you do you still have that for you your personal projects as far as oh, illustration all goes? The time. All, all the time. time. Oh, like yeah. um, for me, I love making people's birthday gifts. Um, Hello. <laughs> I love like trying like it, I, it's almost like um, a movie poster. Like I try to capture their essence in something that I make for them, you know. That's and so cool. um, that's always been an outlet for me. And um, I have uh, I I have a solo. I have two solo shows coming up this year. So okay. those more and more those little side projects are are being you know I'm I'm feeling more brave about showing them. You know, um, but like even it even started off with Instagram, just, you know, I was making my own memes or making my own social commentary, especially during the pandemic. And right. so like I, I'm always making things, um, which is probably why I have extreme insomnia. But um, but yeah, even when I'm not sitting in front of my computer, if I'm like watching a show, like I could never just sit and binge watch a show like hmm. I would be. I would be making something while I'm watching it. Like I could you, maybe do one show where I'm just laying on the couch, but the rest of the time I'm like sculpting or painting or drawing. So you have yeah. to, because you feel like you kind of have to, you're, you're, you're just wired that way to make things. I'm wired sometimes. that way. Yeah. Yeah. Which yeah. probably makes everybody around me very crazy <laughs> because they're like, just, Stop Chill. and relax. Like <laughs> yeah. even when I had COVID, I was like working from home and I was like painting and doing this. And they're like, "You're supposed to be resting." <laughs> you know? Yeah, I feel you. I feel you because I I'm kind of the same. Uh, my wife keeps telling me to why you're always working, even when I'm not working. I'm thinking about work and what I should be doing when I'm not doing anything. <laughs> and yeah. it's uh, it gets to be a little bit of a a little bit of a curse. Does it does it happen to you as well that you're watching something. It doesn't even have to be a movie or something on TV. Maybe you're just, I don't know, maybe you're just reading or whatever, and your mind just starts to process that as, or cataloging that as something that might be useful. 
So you, your, oh, your, your brain is always going, this is interesting. If I could use this and whatever, it just keeps Definitely. going. Like, yeah. And if yeah. I'm not thinking about, I can use it. I'm starting, I do what you do where I try to deconstruct it and be like, how is that made? <laughs> what was the thought process? How did they come up with that? Or sometimes yeah. I'll be like, how did they get that even approved? You know, like, like even just reading the script and actually seeing everything everywhere all at once. I I'm like, how did the Daniels even get this script like right. to right. somebody right. and get it approved to make this film? And, you yeah. know, so I'm, I'm always kind of curious about the gears yeah. behind things. And, and um, my boyfriend makes fun of me because a lot of the times I'll wear, I'll watch just total garbage, like mm. total mindless garbage on TV. And, and that's me turning my brain off right? because, right, right. you know, he always wants to watch documentaries or art films and I love those. And I do, I love watching all of them, but sometimes when I've had a long day of work, I need some garbage so that I'm just not thinking about anything. Cause there's know? nothing, because, there's nothing to, to hook to, right. There's nothing to grab you Yeah, when, when it sucks. <laughs> it's yeah. Tough. When it's a yeah. bunch of like 50 year old housewives yelling at each other, I don't have to think about <laughs> how to create some. <laughs> there's of nothing for you. <laughs> yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 No, it's, um, yeah, I, I, I'm exactly the same, the same way. I just, I might, I can't, I just can't shut my, my, my brain off and just keep going about thinking about ways of doing things. And, um, do you remember when that documentary that Peter Jackson did of the Beatles came out with all the uh, the footage that he, he got together? Yeah. And I watched it and I was surprised that it, it was it, it wasn't just a documentary about the Beatles. It was a documentary about process, creative yeah. process. Mm -hmm. And I found myself working and having that on the second screen, just on, just listening to them uh, working together and figuring the, the songs out. Because I'm, I now I know that I'm a process junkie. I need to watch people or learn about their process. It's just, yeah, just the way, that's just the way that we work, right? We need to. That's the curse to. of being a creative person, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, but I get I, it. I mean, I remember going to like museums with um, an ex-boyfriend of of ours of mine, and he would he would be so annoyed when we go to them because. I would spend so much time and I would get this close to a painting. So I wanted to see that. I wanted to see the sketch lines. I wanted to see oh, where wow. they painted something else and then covered it up. I wanted to see that process. So, so yeah, yeah. I mean, sounds like yeah. we're in the same boat. <laughs> yeah. I see. Yeah. It, it, even with photography, I like taking photos, but what happens to me is, and this is kind of stupid, but uh, to me, if I'm taking a photo, there needs to be a reason for it. It needs to be some sort of, a, I guess, a concept or something. What am I doing? Am I just taking a photo? So I suck at taking photos of family moments or just going on a trip and taking photos of of monuments. So I don't, I, I, I don't do that because and and my and my wife and my bro brother keep telling me, why aren't you taking photos? And what for? I can find these online. Same, exact same. Everywhere, sure. I don't need to take a photo. Of yeah, that. <laughs> I was like, my picture can't compare to what I can find online. I'm like, what's the point? What's you the know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And so... I, I'm, I'm also one of those people too, where I'm like, I can fixate on trying to get the perfect photo, but then I'm losing being in the presence of it. 
too, you know? Exactly, exactly, exactly. Because so, to me, I'm just so tired of sitting at the computer all, all the time and just working, 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 working and talking to people about work on Zoom calls. You know, it's always about ideas and selling the idea, what's the best way to do it, and blah, 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 blah. So when I'm out of this, I really don't want to do any of those things. Yeah. So I really don't want to stare at the, the phone or stare at, you know, I, I, I'm just, and people just, just really don't, some, some people don't really understand that, well, aren't you supposed to be uh, somebody who's um, big on technology and innovation? And, and, and I, I tell them, yeah, I, I know what's, what's new, but I don't really have to be on it all the time because uh, there's enough of work to, to to get that to me. It just it gets tiring. It gets tiring. Definitely. So yeah, I understand that. Um, well, luckily, that's what your significant other for, is for to document those vacations. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> uh, and w- w- one more thing about about process, and, and and forgive me for going on about process, but it just I, I just want to pick your brain a bit more. Um, does it happen to you when you're working on a project, you're working on, you still haven't found the concept, you're at that stage where you still, you still haven't got the idea down and it's the end of the day or you're just taking a walk, you're, you you get out of the house um, and everything that you look at, you know, shadows on the ground, the tires, the spinning wheels on cars, the reflections on glass, whatever it is, everything in your head goes into, your head goes into, is this something I can use? Is this something that makes sense? Is this something that you're always going through that? And it's like a, it's like you're you're sick uh, until you finish the project, and then you can turn that off a little bit. Does it happen yeah. to you? Is it is, oh, it, yeah. is it is it exactly like that for you, or is it something similar? Yeah, it is. I mean, I think there's so much pressure in the first stage of the jo- of the jobs, just coming up with ideas. That's right. For me, I can't just make something to make it, and yeah. so sometimes I'll. I'll beat myself up if I don't have like a solid concept, yeah. you know, but like once I finally like present it to the client and they approve a com like a concept, then all the pressure's off and I just now have to make it. Exactly. But yeah, I mean, there, there are multiple projects where I'm like, I haven't nailed it conceptually, you know, yeah. and, and it's the most frustrating thing. It haunts you. It haunts you until you get it. Yeah. Definitely. And then in the middle of the night, I'll wake up and I'll be like, got it. <laughs> <You know? laughs> no, and I, I love it when it's something totally out of the blue. Like there's a, there's a wrinkle in a carpet on the floor. I remember this one project I did where it was a wrinkle on the carpet on the floor. Yeah, I just happened to look at it and it, it looked like a mountain from this perspective with the light hitting it. And I was like, got it. That's what I'm got doing. It. Yeah. <laughs> and that's, oh, that's amazing. That's what you're always looking for, right? That's that's yeah. That's what what keeps us going. Yeah, exactly. All right, so uh, just to, to wrap things up because I think this has been a wonderful conversation, and I um, what I kind of want to finish this on is what I usually ask my guests anyway is, um, do you have somebody you'd love to hear on the podcast? Do you have any suggestions for somebody who'd love to hear about their process or what their work is like? Um, do you have somebody in mind that you could suggest to come on? Yeah, I mean, Javier Hayen. I I love his his thought process. Okay. So, yeah. That's good. That's good. Uh, Javier. What's what, what's his name again? Javier. Javier, and his last name is 
J A E N. Okay, J A E N. Okay, okay. Got yeah, it. he he does a lot of editorial work and a yeah. lot of like covers, and he's just so quick. You know, again, I feel I feel a little like humbled that I didn't find out about him so more recently. I feel like people mm. have known about him for a while, but I'm just excited to discover his work and everything he makes. I'm just like genius. <laughs> That's great. I'll 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 do my research on him and find out about him and uh yeah. I think he's in Spain if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Possibly. yeah. Sounds like he might be in Spain with with his name. Yeah. I'll actually yeah. be in, Bar in Barcelona next month so maybe there's something we can we can do there. All right. All right. Uh, well, thank you so much, Akiko. It's been a real pleasure talking to you. No, it's been a pleasure too. I'm, I'm glad that we have a similar brain. I feel yeah, we do. I feel, <laughs> I feel like less of a one and the only, you know, of like, why doesn't anybody understand? No. But, yeah. but yeah, no, I'm happy to hear you have the same curse. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's, it's, it's both a curse and it's, it's, it's the thing that Gets me up in uh, in the morning from bed. It's, uh, I, I I'm still trying to find. I'm always trying to find the perfect thing for the for the job. It's always because uh, that's why I knew I kind of knew that uh, your process and your work was so similar to what I was trying to do with my work, which is to find that iconic moment, that encapsulation of the project into one single frame. Um, so yeah, it's been wonderful to hear you. All right. Thanks, Akiko. Yeah, I'm sad I didn't get to meet your daughter.